Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, we have the honor of talking to a former executive chef to the President of the United States at both the White House and Camp David, Martin Mangello. Mangello. You guys, <laughs> this man was so much fun to talk to. He's cooked for six U.S. presidents, and he even told some stories about things I didn't even know existed, Kevin. Like, he had to taste everything before he even gave it to the president. Yes, and does the Secret Service have to watch him cook? But my favorite was a story about how there are enemies of the state who will actually try to poison the food that will be served at presidential parties. He was talking like Jason Bourne type stuff. You guys, it was crazy. But he also told one of my favorite stories that he shared about a guest accidentally lighting themselves on fire at the White House (laughs) Christmas party. You guys, we can't wait to hear this fascinating conversation with Martin Mangello. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. All right, Steph. Are you going to let me ask any questions? Oh, my gosh. As soon as I found out that we had him, I started like rapid firing all these questions I want to ask him, (laughs) and I'm already in love with this man. Well, friends, our next guest is hands down one of the most unique individuals we have talked to. He is a former White House chef, private investigator, security expert, executive chef, and GM of the Camp David Resort and Conference Center. He has worked with the past six presidents, from George H.W. Bush to Joe Biden, and now has a new TV series titled Inside the President's Cabinet. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to tell us a good story, Chef Marty Mangello. Mangello! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, Marty, I will warn you, you've already seen my wife's excitement, but this might turn into rapid fire questions because the more we've read about you, the more questions we, we actually have. have. Yes. The staccato machine gun method. I love it. So, <laughs> so excited. So thank you for saying yes to us. And do you keep in touch with any of your former presidents? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we have uh, letters here even for our daughter when she was born from President Clinton, tons of stuff that the Trumps had recently sent, the Bidens, really all of them. Are you kind of like the Secret Service where once a president leaves office, you stay with the next president or does the president have to pick you when he becomes in office? So since I was military... I'm 30 years retired, United States Navy. Oh, thank you. We may stay for as long as five or 10 years through two or three presidents until we retire. Oh. It's a hodgepodge. We're military. We have about 75 Navy chefs that work at the White House Camp David and at the VP's house. So it's military. So only Navy or Air Force, Army? Only Navy at the White House and Camp David and the vice president's house. Wow. So did you join the Navy to be a chef with the end result being at the White House? I did not. I joined the Navy just because I loved cooking and sailing in the ocean. Yeah, I had been a sailor my whole life and childhood and loved cooking also. And I thought that would be a great 
way to live out my dreams. So I never knew anything about the White House or that the Navy has chefs in the White House. Um, never knew anything at all about this. Do you have a favorite former president or their family that you have cooked for? I mean, it's definitely Big Bubba. I mean, he was fantastic. Who's that? Uh, Bill Clinton. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was he was such a fun guy. Uh, in the beginning, he would come in the kitchen and terrorize me and stand there for like an hour watching TV with me and talking. And, oh, look, there's Richard Gere, Marty. Uh, you know, now I just was with Richard in Los Angeles. We were at a Hollywood benefit. Have you ever met him before? I was like, you mean Mr. Gear, Mr. President? Well, Richard, yeah. I was like, no, sir. I've never met Richard. Before. <laughs> yeah. He would like hang out in there and watch TV with you. He was that nice of a guy. Okay, okay, okay. I have a question. Since you have that kind of relationship with somebody like President Clinton, would you ever make them like Kraft macaroni and cheese or like microwave popcorn or everything you made for them was from scratch? Absolutely. You have to be able to do that. Um, his brother, Roger, you know, he was a great musician also, Roger Clinton. He he come up to me at Thanksgiving and he had a toothpick in his mouth and he was like, so you're the new chef, are you? I was like, yes, sir, I, I, I am. I'm the chef up here at Camp David and I come down to the White House and do the state dinners. And who told you about the, the pickled watermelon rind? And he had one of the toothpicks from the pickled watermelon rind. It was obviously he had just eaten it. And I was like, sir, we had a huge war meeting up here with Capricia Marshall for like how to do a Clinton Thanksgiving for many hours. And part of that was the fact that you guys only eat a certain kind of watermelon rind. It has to be from Old South brand oh in a gosh. glass jar with a gold metal topped lid. And the way that Ms. Marshall put it to me was, do not use any kind of recipe from Southern Living Magazine, Paula Dean, uh, your grandmother's famous pickled watermelon wine recipe, nothing. Go to the store and purchase Old South Brand. Begin to repeat after me, Marty. <laughs> Old South Brand, Old South Brand, pickled watermelon rind, pickled watermelon so, so that's what I did. And 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 she she asked me, uh, does this bother you to do this type of denigrating thing for a chef? I was like, it's not denigrating at all. It's 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 getting what the family loves. It, it's exciting for me. She was like, Oh gosh, you're gonna do great with this family. Wow. Okay, so what's the craziest request, Marty, that you got from a president's family or a foreign diplomat that you're like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna do this? Yeah, it really was Tipper Gore. You know, I was told you're going to cook for Tipper and she's on the Pritikin diet. And I was like, oh, yeah, Dr. Pritikin. They're like, you do know how to do all that, the full Pritikin repertoire. I was like, no, I'm going to go to Barnes and Noble and buy the book right now. Well, he's published like eight books, I think. I was like, well, I'll be like reading eight books this weekend, okay? So, you know, this is where it becomes very important to have a smart chef who who can keep up with stuff like this because they will ask you, I'm on South Beach. Did you follow the whole South Beach regimen when you did my meal yesterday? Wow. You best know what you're talking about, okay? These are people's diets. And so I studied the whole 
Pritikin diet, and, and there was a recipe I selected was a seed bread stuffing stuffed capon. One of the ingredients, bear bear in mind now, you're talking, this is before Whole Foods. Right. This is before Earth Fair. This is before any of this type of stuff existed on Earth where you could get healthy ingredients. Okay. So, you know, I was driving all around town looking for a thing called millet. And I was going to even private health food stores where there was a guy in there that wore a Jiffy Pop hat, you know, from the Bahamas. Yaman! Yeah, <laughs> We're cooking for the family again. He had no idea who the family was because we don't wear the, the white chef's coat, okay? What are you looking for? I'm like, a thing called millet. I, I don't actually know what it is, but it goes in this stuffing. Um, I actually transmitted this information to the White House where we have a dozen shoppers Drove all around Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, oh, Washington, D.C. They one called me back. They're like, Chef, we've gone to like 23 stores. We cannot find this thing called millet anywhere. What is it? I found it at a hardware store. It's birdseed. <laughs> and, it, and luckily it was USDA listed. So it was clean. I washed it. But now they sell it, uh, you know, in the grocery store. Millet. I was curious about that. Like, if there's a random ingredient from a foreign diplomat and you've never heard of it, literally, is it just a, a fire drill to find it? And apparently it is. It's a fire drill. Speaking of fire drill, do you have any good stories Ooh, of like yes, a yes, diplomat yes. with eating or like a ball or anything like that? Absolutely. We, we do. We have a very famous incident at the White House. Um, our old pastry chef who just passed away. Roland Messnier, he just passed away a couple of months ago. He hated these votive candles that, that would be put out on displays. And he used to always say in his French accent, we are going to have somebody lit on fire. And I told you, I don't want those candles lit all over the place. And our florist, Nancy Clark, who has also passed away a few years ago, she was a very famous florist. 30-some years at the White House doing floral designs, running the whole flower department. She would always say, but the First Lady loves them. Well, we had a guest lit themselves on fire one night during a Christmas reception. The whole mink stole. She was leaning over, lit on fire. And thank God, as she was screaming, you know, all types of curse words and, and oh, my gee. And this is not what you want during your Christmas reception at the house, okay? F, 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 F. Okay, you know, and, and somebody who's lit on fire, they get the stole off her back, and one of our butlers grabbed the water urn for the champagne and threw it all over the floor to put the fire out. So lighting guests on fire during the holidays at your reception, not usually high on people's lists for things to do. Steph, what's most important to you when it comes to building a new home? Okay, I want a builder who's an expert in what they do, is going to be honest with me, and cares about even the smallest of details. Well, thankfully, we know just the builder. You know it. It's Jay and Connie Luby with Luby Companies. Friends, don't just take our word for it. Go check out their website at lubycompanies.com. That's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. So did you work every holiday or did you ever have a break? I worked every holiday. I was military many days, 18 hours a day, seven days a week, 126 hours per week. Oh, um, you're, you're not allowed to be done. You can take your cute little white chef's coat off at eight o'clock 
I would get changed as a bartender and go out and bartend until like two in the morning. What? Yeah. That was your shift. Yeah. You might have to go underground into the Orange One nuclear bunker for any number of reasons, like drills or things going on that we would never talk about what actually really happened. I was a valet, I was a housekeeper, and I was a butler. Were you married during this time? I was married the whole time. Yeah. Wow. So did you live there? In the beginning, I lived out in the civilian economy, but then I moved on to United States Navy housing, Okay, which was very nice. How far did you live from the White House? Oh, my gosh. I lived uh, 19 miles, but the traffic, you know, we had a rule. If you don't leave by 545 in the morning, you will never be there on time for the meeting that starts at 730. If you don't leave by 545, I don't care what you think. You will be late for the meeting that starts at 730. And all military meetings begin at 0730. Would you ever spend the night just like, I'm not going to, it's a pointless. going to risk it? All the time. Yeah. No, no, no. Forget about not risking it. You were like ordered. You're going to sleep here all night long, all weekend long. Yeah, I believe that. Okay. So in the role that you're in, does the Secret Service watch you cook or does a foreign diplomat security team watch you cook to make sure nothing's getting laced with anything? It's always different with each first family. Like the Clintons did not want the Secret Service. They were forbidden from being in the house. So would you have a taster for- I was the taster. I'm the taster. taster. You were the taster. I was a shopper. You know, I would go out in unmarked plain clothes and shop, and I never went to the same supermarket twice. That's one of our secret rules. Why is that? Because you have psychos that want to blow away John Lennon or, or shoot people- We know about these horrible instances that that have happened Uh, to many famous stars. This is their way to seeking fame. So they are actively tracking, following, marking, photographing, filming, you know, possibly bugging and tapping. They're they're constant. They know who you are. They know that you're in plain clothes. They're they're actively following you. And we have uh, enemies of the state that are, are organized in very advanced teams using sometimes as many as five different chase cars and switching the person you oh know, up gosh. to 10 times. It's all like the born identity and they're all talking to one another, switching to blue shirt. And the person in the blue shirt will take over following you now, changing the cars, following you so that you really can't detect like somebody's following you. But, but that's part of the problem. If you build up a pattern, okay, you know, then they know like, Yeah, it's interesting. They released from the State Department that Biden's going to Camp David this weekend, or he's going to go stay at the Fairmount on the top of Knob Hill in San Francisco, one of the authorized hotels. And every time that this occurs, this one person who we've been tracking and following for two and a half years, okay, they're smart. They have sleeper cells. They'll invest the money and time. Wow. To track and follow people. And the guy always goes to this Whole Foods and he always buys beefsteak tomatoes. Here's an idea. Let's get in front of that when that happens. And I want somebody with a hypodermic needle to hit like the whole tomato thing. And when we've debriefed them through interrogations, what was amazing was to have people say things like, We were not even trying to kill the president during the state dinner. We just wanted to poison and sicken 20 to 40 of the guests 
like Sophia Loren and Nicolas Cage and all the guests like De Niro. Right. Yeah. We wanted to like sicken and poison and embarrass the United States, maybe kill like 20 to 40 guests with an outbreak with breaking news all over Fox and CNN. The 27th guest of the American state dinner has now passed away. The 29th, the 32nd. This was really, really? our objective is what they told us. See, oh, necessary killing gosh. president. Just the embarrassment and the publicity that comes with it. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. Oh, so do you have to test your food? Like, is there a way to, like, test your food before you even start cooking it to make sure it's safe? I'm assuming you are praying over every bite then before you Yes. (laughs) No, it's just you just taste it and eat it. So, and if you have really safe and secure shopping methods, um, it becomes very difficult. And my boss used to hate it when I would tell him, like, he's like, I hope you're going to be back like around two o'clock today to unload all the food with 86 guests. You know, I'm like, no, I'm not because I've used all the stores in Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. I'm driving to Pennsylvania today. Oh, so I will not be back until like seven tonight and we will unload until nine. Why are you having to drive to Pennsylvania? I'm like, because I've used all the stores. I told you boss in Virginia, yeah. Maryland, Delaware, all of Washington, DC, I'm going to Pennsylvania today. I'm driving to Waynesboro or maybe to another town. I'm not even going to tell you. Right. Okay? Do you have a U-Haul? No, you have a van or a car. We we use a variety of different vehicles. And we shop, obviously, in the American system where anybody could shop. You just never know where we're going. Oh, can I ask my question? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Have you ever caught somebody stealing something for like a silverware, souvenir. Yes. silverware or a plate. Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> really, the worst thing I think during the Obamas was you know we have these little six hundred dollar pure silver eagles that sit on the table and the name card goes in there. Okay. Well, after a couple of dinners, you know, our White House usher was telling the president and first lady um, we had these expenses and this and that and and the rentals and because we rent China also. okay? some events, we actually don't have enough China. okay? Okay. so we rent China and this is what the whole cost was and blah, blah, blah. And since it was a state event, the State Department paid for that. It was, you know, like $954,000. Okay. oh, my gosh. And then they're looking at it and they're like. What is this line item entry right here about the silver name card holders, 132? You're not getting ready to tell me that it's one of the things that people pocket in the suit code pocket, Mr. President. Are you talking about the little silver eagle name card holders? Yes, Mr. President, that's what I was trying to say, sir. Um, Why don't we start picking them up at the beginning of the meal instead of the end of the meal from now on? So the Obamas changed that. We would go around and pick those up at the beginning of the meal because it was more towards the end of the meal. We noticed is where they would all disappear. And when we see, you know, things like small plates and silverware missing, um, we make a cute comment to encourage the guests to make it reappear. No, you don't. No, you don't. Of course you do. Oh, excuse me. Did, did did a fork fall down on the floor or something? It seems as though we're missing one of the seven forks here. I got to go get something. I'll be back in a second to look for that. When you come back, suddenly it's back on the table. That is awesome. So you don't embarrass them outright. But you call them out on it. Yeah. Oh, that is hilarious. my goodness. All right, Steph. I've got a question for you. 
What's your favorite book of all time? Uh, obviously, you met her where? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Bible. Oh, oops. <laughs> oh. So what's your second favorite book of all time? You met her where? <laughs> a distant second. Totally distant. It's a pretty good book. Sorry, God. It's still a pretty, pretty good book. But we're so excited. Where can people get our book, honey? Okay, I know this. Uh, Amazon.com. Yes. Barnes & Noble. Yes, and? And our website, KevinStuff.com. And, and what happens if they buy it off our website? <gasps> what do they get? Uh, an autograph from us. Yes. Who wouldn't want that? So, listeners, if you've already read the book, thank you so much. We've had such good feedback. One thing that helps us, if you can give us a review on Amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. All right, Marty. For all of our guests, I like to give a list of fun facts to let people know what you've done, what you've accomplished. And Steph is not aware of any of these. So, Marty, you're going to see her genuine, authentic reaction here. Okay. And Steph, I'm I had so to cut excited. these down. Okay. All right, this Steph, is- are you ready? I'm so <laughs> excited, Marty. My jello. All right. Fun fact number one <laughs> Marty found himself appointed as the executive chef to the president of the United States at Camp David at the age of 28. Oh! <gasps> 28. You talk about pressure. Yeah. How did that even come about? Because that's a huge deal. It's even funnier to think that I was interviewed when I was 27. This was the longest HR investigation I ever went through. It was about 14 months before I was finally allowed to come to work. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did you have to interview for this position? For did they months. did they seek you out? Did I you apply? Did. I did for this? interview, and and I my captain, uh, Captain Patrick J. Casey of the nuclear submarine I was on, the USS Asheville. He told me, "I'm going to put you up for the interview. If you were confirmed and make it through, you'll be appointed by the Secretary of the Navy." And I was like, "Wow, am I going to have to do like a Iron Chef captain?" Yes. Like, Nope, they're not going to want to have you cook a single thing. This is going to be up to whether or not therapeutically on a psychosocial level, do you really, really want to do this? Because they're going to crawl through your ass and come out of your ear. (laughs) And everything about you that you ever did with every priest, friend, is going to come out. And a lot of people, when they find out about this level of intrusion – absolutely tap out in one second so so the day of my interview there were 56 chefs there from around the world and i was watching a guy in a suit in in a room behind the the stage he was coming down the aisle and tapping sailors on their shoulder and and telling them can you come with me and and i would watch the sailor in their dress blues i have my dress blues on they would follow the the gentleman up to the room the door would shut About five minutes later, the door would open, the person would exit and leave the building. And I watched this go on through about two dozen people. Now, the Master Chief Petty Officer on the stage of the theater, he he was continuing doing his big presentation with a film and PowerPoint up on a big screen. He didn't miss a beat. And I, I wondered to myself, like, where did half the audience go? These people like exited the building. Well, it took me about 10 years to find out that those people had felony convictions. They were in the Navy, but they had done something. 
They had four or five motor vehicle violations recently, too many within. They had a bankruptcy on their record that could cause possible extraneous bribery demands on them. Oh, man. You know, bad things in their record. They could still stay in the Navy because they had a waiver for drug use or or something, but they definitely were never going to work at the White House military office. They might be a chef for an admiral but they were definitely never going to work at the White House military office. Just immediately disqualified them. Yes. And then then, then finally, you know, I asked the question one day, like, how many candidates are you interviewing? They're like, well, we start generally, Marty, with a pool of about 2,000 great chefs. We distill that down to like 100, and we typically get two or three. We waste like several million on the investigation until something comes up. It may be black, hidden, expunged in their record and sealed by a court that no one's allowed to look at. Um, we may have to go into that and find out that they they put their kid into a wheelchair as a paraplegic in 1979 with a beating and a small baseball bat. And it was sealed within the court record that that could never be ex- you know shown. Right. But we may have to go in and find out something like that, okay, and get a magistrate's writ or a federal judge's writ to find out what is it that is sealed in this person's record, okay? And then when we find that out, we're saying, oh, now we wasted like $200,000. We were nine months into this. The person was very, very, very close to being approved, and they lied and hid stuff from us. And no, Uh, we're not having anybody like that work at the White House. So we have to pull them, and they still get to stay in the Navy, but they're definitely not working at the White House. Well, Steph, that makes sense if once you get approved, you are working for six presidents because yeah. of the process to get approval. And the expense. And the expense We've had involved. chefs yeah. work there 25 years. Yeah. Man. Yeah. All right, Marty. I hope you're having half as much fun as we are so on fun. this end. I'm having this so is fantastic. much fun. All right, Steph. This one's unbelievable. Okay. Marty, as he mentioned, is a retired military veteran with a 30-year U.S. Navy career, having served in wars across three continents. Marty served as a butler, housekeeper, military aide, and bartender, carrying the proverbial chalice for his or her majesty to drink from. I didn't know that was actually real. I didn't know that was real. That's a real thing. Sure. Somebody's got to mix up those drinks, right? They're all type A personalities up till one, two in the morning doing meetings. They are up, all these presidents, all day and night long. And you watch their heads turn into a full head of gray. I watched Obama go yeah, completely yeah. gray. That's true. You know? <laughs> so they, they, they often don't want to go to sleep because you are the most powerful person in the world and you have a lot of responsibilities. So there's got to be somebody there to do those drinks. There's those fingers that you get <laughs> and, and you'll walk over when they give you the finger. That's what yeah. we call it. Come here. The index finger. Come over. Yes. Yes, Mr. President. This one's going to be a long one. I think that we should start to gin up like a couple of dozen sandwiches and the drinks. And you're looking at your watch. You're like, yeah, it's like 1235. Okay, here we go, bro. Let's let's do it. And so, you know, yeah, when you're bringing out the drinks and the proverbial silver chalice, which is the oldest trick in the book, right? Did you taste it before you gave it to me to drink, Malton? And you you answer the king. Yes, your majesty, I did. It, it's safe to drink, sire. And the king says to you, really? Let me see you then drink out of the chalice now then, Malton. And you throw it down on the ground and try to run out of the room and the guards grab you and the king says, kill him now. 
Because, yeah, it's the oldest trick in the book. Put the poison into the drink, right? Mm-hmm. Right. They've been doing this since the, the Middle Ages. So would you taste it in front of the president? I would if I was asked to, but I was uh-huh. never asked to. You're you're trusted that everything yes. you have back there, um, all the liquors, whether it's Galliano or, or whatever it is, you know, that everything is safe, you know, and you've got all these guests here, you know, do you know how to make a gin Ricky boy? Yes, sir, I do. Good. My wife would like a pink squirrel and I'll take a gin Ricky. You you better know how to you better wow. rip it out those drinks like right now. Oh my gosh. All right, Steph, to continue that fun fact, uh-huh. Marty has been trained by the CIA, Navy, Army, in specialized courses for nuclear, chemical, and biological attack, manning the underground bunker, like he mentioned, of Orange One, as well as bribery and poisoning. So, not that I'm in on anyone's hit list here, Marty, <laughs> but how would I know if I was getting poisoned? How, like, what would I do? So, I mean, you know, these are some of the things even today in our 2% clients' homes, they have the same concerns like Gianni Versace's family. I mean, what exactly do we have for security protocols with nut jobs, poisoning crap that we're eating? Marty, is it possible that they could bribe one of our people on our staff who's been with us? Do you think it's possible, Marty? Like, even our staff that have been with us for 20 years, that they could offer somebody 200000 in an envelope to squeeze some crap into the salad dressing. Oh. I'm like, absolutely. Definitely. Everybody's susceptible. And, and the way that we work through that. Yeah. How would we work through that, Marty, with our staff? I'm like, we actually test our staff. We try to bribe them in the Lowe's men's room after they come out of stall number two. We have a guy named Hank who goes up to him with a flannel shirt and offers him a small satchel. No. 80,000 in tens. We will actually inform the staff that we are going to attempt to bribe them to come onto our team. Okay. And just take some photographs of some stuff in the desk. You don't have to do much. I mean, come on. It's every month I meet you here in this men's room at Lowe's every month. And you get the 80,000 in cash every month. It's just some photos, okay? And what ends up typically happening is we have a person will show up at an FBI field office crying, lost their mind. Um, sometimes we'll sit them down on the couch. They'll urinate right through their dress into the seat cushion. No. Um, you come to find out this long, 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 long story. Tell us what happened, you know, Elizabeth. Well, when they first came to me for the first two years, it was just pictures. It's like... All right. So and then what happened? And then I got the margin call. The margin call. What's what's you're very upset. We're going to have a female federal agent come in and sit with you and have a drink. And we're going to pick this up in about an hour. We're going to make an excuse mechanism for you, Elizabeth, to unwind you. Okay. And what is going on with when you were first recruited and why you didn't call it in within the hour that you were required to. Oh. On the 800 number, you you had the 800 number with you all the time. You'd never called it in and why you didn't do that and how much money you've actually collected. And we might try to turn you and have you try to come to work for us and stay with them and keep meeting them and collecting the 80000 every month in the stall. Okay, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We're going to have the, the female agent come in and just sit with you. <laughs> So th- th- these are the realistic concerns of of things and cases that we have been through. This actually happens. 
not hap end as in once, okay? Hap ends as in present. If you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. All right, Steph, with Marty, taking care of diplomats and celebrities has become his specialty. So in addition to cooking for the six presidents, Marty has served the likes of King Abdullah II, Queen Rania in the Desert of Jordan, Stephen Covey, Tony Robbins at Camp David, Prime Minister Hashimoto in Japan, Lord Nelson in Brussels, then inside the White House, he's already named a few of these people, but he served John Bon Jovi, Sheryl Crow, Nicolas Cage, Sophia Loren, Martin Scorsese. Okay, okay, okay. Do you ever or have you ever gotten nervous to serve one of these people? I think the first two weeks at this job, I was, I told People Magazine last year, I was scared out of my head. I bet. I Half of the time, I wondered if I was going to be found in the woods like Vince Foster. Um, the other half of the time, I was just nervous like a wreck, um, like off the president and and making it through your job without being fired that night like i did when you know hillary clinton said oh it's so nice marty a mango vinaigrette you know we go to all these rubber chicken circuit dinners and they're all the same but what prompted you to make a mango vinaigrette i was like well first lady um mango is your your favorite food in the whole world so I, I thought I would make this mango vinaigrette. Why don't you try it? She put it all on her salad. And Bill's just sitting over there looking like he's getting more and more angry. And she does taste it. Oh, my gosh. This is unbelievable. Bill, he invented a mango vinaigrette for me. Uh, that's very cute, Marty. Very touching and very nice. Did you think about inventing anything for the president of the United <laughs> States, possibly? Like a special salad dressing just for me, Marty. Did you consider that at all? And I was like, yes, Mr. President, I did. Here's a banana vinaigrette, your favorite fruit. He's like, I could have sworn tonight was the night you were going to be fired, Marty. I was like, well, we'll just try it first, sir. So, of course, he tried a banana vinaigrette, and he loved it. But uh, you would go back in the kitchen, and this is where people were, like, falling all over themselves because they were watching through the one-way mirrors. And I had people that would bet upwards over $1,000 that tonight is going to be the night this guy gets terminated up to really? a thousand or more high pressure. What? So, I mean, Marty, as you're talking, I'm thinking catering weddings. That is so easy compared to what you've done on a daily basis with kings and presidents and diplomats. Like, that's incredible. It's easy to do. Um, my wife and I are masters at this. Uh, my wife was a banquet chef at the country club. Okay. And I was the executive chef and we would, you know, snap out like 365 dinners at $175 per plate for a massive Greek wedding. It rolled like a clock. All right, Steph. Next fun fact. He has been knighted in Brussels. So like, what does that mean? Yes. Does that mean like when you're in Brussels, you get free drinks for life? What does that mean, Marty? How does that work? This is what it's like to live in Brussels, Belgium. 
I was America's chef there, the highest ranking chef for the United States at the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO. And, and so you're there doing the job. And I went to an English speaking church in Krainum, which is a nearby town, St. Anthony's, and was offered knighthood. So you find yourself in a suit and tie kneeling in front of an altar with the priest, the Catholic priest in the order of St. Thomas More. And then you're telling people like, yeah, you know, I was knighted when I lived in Europe. And they're like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> you're so full of crap, bro. We saw your dumb crap on LinkedIn. You know, you weren't knighted. I'm like, no, dude, I lived in Europe for many years. I'm trying to tell you that I actually really was knighted in Europe. Okay. Um, um, it's not a fake joke thing. So, you know, that's how you, the opportunity presents itself. And, you know, it, it's not for everybody, but I accepted the offer. Oh, my wow. gosh. That's fantastic. All right. So Marty's been interviewed on the Today Show, Food TV Network, The New Yorker Magazine, over 160 other publications across six continents. He's been on PBS, CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox, and CNN. So, Marty, when you're on live TV and you're doing like a cooking segment, how does that work? Have you pre-cooked everything and you're just kind of like faking the process or you're actually doing it on live TV right there with a amateur kitchen that you're not used to? Yeah, it is definitely an amateur fake kitchen where nothing works usually. Okay. Um, you're, you're lucky like Fox has a big set, you know, that is all electrified and everything actually really does work. They've put okay. the money into it. But a lot of the sets you go to, um, it's the first time walking in. You have no idea. So you do have to be ready for the magic of television. And through the magic of television, we have the whole cake cooked here. <laughs> you know, and, and they'll tell you, like, you know, we only have like four to six minutes for your segment today. So I hope that you're ready. I'm like, listen, I'm called One Take Marty. I'm ready live. I'm ready any way you want me. Don't worry. We will be done and very successful. You build up a good reputation. You get invited to a lot of places because you're really easy to work with. You're drunk free, drug free. You're not looking to put your hands on anyone or touch anyone. You're not into playing cards in the back room. You know, you're just here to do a really good job and you're easy to work with. So speaking of filming, he is host of Inside the President's Cabinet TV series which provides viewers with entertaining stories, recipes, and a secret behind-the-scenes look at the first family. So, Marty, can you tell us more about this new TV series that you're doing? Yeah, it's really about having fun and telling stories that nobody would know about unless they actually did this job. We have a lot of fake offers, I think, sometimes. They, they come to the table. Oh, they're going to reveal the secrets of the White House and welcome you into the kitchen. And it's like, how would you even know what you're talking about? You've never even been to the kitchen, right? let alone even worked there one day in any job. I don't care if you were a housekeeper. You've never done any of the work at all. Okay, so where will listeners be able to view this TV series, Marty? Well, they can just go to InsideThePresidentsCabinet.com. Okay. That's the name of our show, and we do that show on stage. And we'll often prepare a, a White House lunch or a White House dinner for up to a thousand people at any resort or hotel in the world, or they can just go to inside the president's cabinet.com and just watch it right there on their laptop, tablet or handheld phone. Well, listeners, 
for more information about Marty, you can go to the website he just mentioned. Also, you can go to his Instagram page at Martin CJ Mangello or Twitter at Marty Mangello. And I will put links in our show notes on our website so everyone can just click right on that. So thank you guys so much. Marty. You're amazing. <laughs> I look forward to catching up to you somewhere, somehow, someday, and cooking for you guys. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I will say, taste it in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the challenge? What'd you drink from it, Malton? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just actually throw the chalice on the ground and try to run away. Kill him! <laughs> Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.